Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar So you are, are officially, I mean, of course, I know you're to, to the wireless, but the problem with the wireless is, as we were saying, it's hard to find ones that either work consistently or they don't fall out or like fill in the fucking blank. Like, what's the problem? Well, I have to have the, the wrap around because not, not the just like around? the, the no, not even the reach around, but the wrap around my earlobe. <laughs> not, not, not when I'm running. <laughs> not, not when, yeah, not when I'm running. Tried it twice, that, actually. That, but yeah, so I, I gotta have the ones that wrap around my earlobe because I can't use the ones that you just like stick in the ear and then they're supposed to magically stay. When I see people running with those, I'm like, how are those in your? How are those staying in your fucking ear? Mine have never fallen out. See, that's why I'll just I'll get to where I'm just like I'm not using any music. I'm just have my watch and I'm fucking. Cause, but when I have to start stopping and oh now it's not connecting now my fucking headphones, I just get infuriated. Well, well, well that's like that the symbol for the Bluetooth. You know the like line and the triangles. Mm-hmm. You know, like no, that came from some like Danish king, like I don't remember what it was, but like and he was I actually it was called... just a bee. No, it's like Bluetooth. It was like no, it's, it's it is a, blue, a bee too, but like it actually came from. Yeah. This, I, I've some... never thought that was a bee, but interesting. Well, you're not a graphic artist. <laughs> I would, th- I, w- I can see like the Norwegian or whatever. Yeah, it's like kind a, of like a, like a, like a, a Viking or thing. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, what? Did this king only work half the time? Like, is that why it's fucking called Bluetooth? Yeah, because it like, does. It does. Atrocious. It looks ancient. It looks like a rune. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a rune. <laughs> That's so Do you guys remember those, like in high school, when people had like rune necklaces and shit? No, no. It it's, just, like, it's, what? it's like an archaic. Norway. Yeah, just little symbols. I remember like going to Ocean City for like senior week when I was a kid, and everyone was like, eh. <laughs> "Viking history." It was our uh, puka shell. <laughs> now, out of what? It was your puka shell. Necklace. So, so re- real quick, Neil, what kind of you definitely wore a necklace in high school at some point? What kind was it? You know what kind it was? <laughs> Fucking hemp, bro. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my um, god! Handcrafted by one of my girlfriends, so at least the handcrafted hemp necklace, Neil. I, I, yeah, that, that's yeah. standard, very obvious. Jonathan, <laughs> did you ever wear a necklace? Not in, in high, high school, school, but in junior high, I'm talking probably turtleneck with gold chain around the outside of it because I want to be embedded <laughs> with <a> <laughs> Who didn't? Ju- Who didn't junior high, be, is... I still want to be embedded with DeVoe. I'm talking gold necklace and like the fucking like, and the oh yeah, and, so oh and then like a barely a mustache. Yeah, exactly, it's like I love that look. That's such a like fantastic like it's it's such a i have no idea what's happening to me right now but I, i'm pretty sure this is what i should be doing oh, no, speaking of which i've been watching the wonder years like the old one on on hulu <laughs> yeah which is fucking great man because like that i think he was yeah, like yeah. one year ahead of me like when the show came out and so it was like and i never really got to see it you know because back in the day if you didn't see it you didn't see it so whatever. Yeah, i mean yeah. it's really good yeah, even the the song and like the intro still gets me. Like you the, watch the crazy home that video. It's, it's not yeah. the re- it's not the, it's a it's a knockoff. It's not Joe Cocker. Yeah, it still gets me though. It's good. No, it's I, great. I've never noticed. I didn't either until I watched it recently. Yeah. Unless 
<laughs> I almost wonder if they change it because man, huh. it was. Yeah, I, I think maybe when it was first out, we didn't have the the ear to hear. That's exactly. very possible. Yeah, that's very possible. Oh, Josh, did you wear a necklace? I, I never. I've never worn a necklace, ring, or anything around my wrist. It's just not my thing. How about your ankles? Ankles. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> now they just have a just a tongue ring, Jonathan. <laughs> well, thanks for setting you... yourself apart from the rest of us here, Josh. <laughs> did you ever rock an earring, Johnny? I did. Uh, I think my junior year, I did it myself. That's wild. Oh, do you guys oh ever pierce? God. You ever do that? No, no. It's one of the things. Like absolutely not. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't <laughs> paralyze my face or something stupid like that. What yeah. kind of earring were you sporting? Like a little hoop, a diamond? It wasn't a diamond. I don't need a diamond to be I mean, stud, you know, Josh. A little stud. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, no. It's just like a little. I don't know, like a. It was a, like a just a feather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love the <laughs> feather. Dude, the Lost Boys. I, I can love see like, that actually. That you you moved like... from you moved from Belvive DeVoe to Aerosmith. You know, <laughs> Aerosmith DeVoe. I'd fucking. Walk this. I did the, the from Run DMC to the Walk This Way version. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, but like for me, I think as as a guy, like my and I don't folks somewhere. Whatever. Literally, the last thing I ever think about is what anybody else is wearing. I couldn't give a shit what anybody wears. But for me, I need to justify it. Like, why am I? I can't have like something on that I can't justify. What was the justification for the earring? I think that's why I quit wearing it because it felt it's kind of like ah, this feels okay. like okay. You t- took a look at the man in the mirror. You know, we out, we, Wait, we, did, we outgrow things, but it, it's still. Did works. either one of y'all wear rings that aren't your wedding rings? Mm-mm. Uh, yeah, I'll wear some. Uh, not now. When I first moved to LA, we were out, Neil, at some bar. Like I've, I found a ring. Just it was like some old Viking ass looking whatever you know. But like, yeah, it was cool. And like I found, I wore it. And I still have it. But beyond that, not a whole lot. But here, not there. against it. I just have never. It's not on the pinky. One. No pinky rings. <laughs> no pinky rings. You no toe rings. No. Ooh, a toe ring. That'd be nice. Wait, <laughs> what your hands, boys? That's... And he just took off his socks. Yeah, a toe ring. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? Oh my god. Is that a toe ring? I wanted to ask y'all something. This is kind of random, but have you seen the new HBO show Peacemaker? Yeah. No. With with John Cena. First of all, I kind of like it. You know, there's a lot of gratuitous cursing and this and that you know sexual stuff but and it's you know it's kind of like an absurd villain show whatever but the music in there is all like 80s music that I've never heard and I I thought for a second I was like are these just like they got a band just to do all these kind of like 80s sounding songs and it's not it's just a bunch of 80s music I've never heard. Oh, it's like, really? I I, def- I I would have bet a lot of money that it was like a little band they put together no, to just no. It's that it's shit. it's Foxy Shazam, Nashville Pussy, The Poodles, The Choir Boys, The, the Cruel Intentions, Firehouse, Dust huh. Bowl Jokies, uh, Santa Interesting. Cruz. It's really it's really bad. It was so bad that I thought it had to have been just like hey, almost like um, <laughs> Boogie Nights. Fucking feel the heat. Well, to oh be fair, God. I did not I did not look up when these songs came out. So they could be songs that are like eighties retro crap that's come out this this century, but the production stuff sounds like it was like just cheesy fucking B B you know, Sunset Strip. But you like it or 86. don't like it? You don't like it. 
I don't, I mean, I think it works with the show. Like, I'm not never yeah. going to listen to any of these songs outside of the show, but it it works with the absurdity of the show. But you're talking about John Cena? Yeah. So my buddy yeah. turned me on this comedian, this stand-up comedian. His name's Shane Gillis, and he has this live in Austin, and it's really funny. It's, it's, it's really funny, but he's talking about he worked, and he was, and I really believe that he worked with the Special Olympics. And uh, he was saying how he's like, the guys on the basketball team I coached loved two things. And he was like, they love titties, they love John Cena. And he's like, we'd be in the huddle. And like, chicks walk by, and they'd be like talking shit about the chicks. And like, one guy was just like, he was like, you think I'll get to meet John Cena one day, coach? And he's like, nah, you're not that sick. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He said, John Cena is like the angel of death to these kids. I'm like, that oh is so, so <laughs> fucked up. But anyway, if you like that kind of just terrible shit, it's uh once again his name is what was it? <laughs> Shane Gillis. That's a pretty good joke. That's a pretty good joke. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, but, um, um, <laughs> also little corrections moment from our episode last week. A friend of mine reached. <laughs> The a friend of mine reached out and said that a Steely Dan is a term taken from a William S. Burroughs novel. Uh, really? Okay, but was it a sexual thing or just a? You just know what? I did not phrase. follow up with any questions. You didn't I was just up. like, oh. Th- <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Oh, we can follow up right now. Do we not look this up? Steely Dan is no. the name of a sex toy. The name was taken from a strap-on dealer named Steely Dan Three from Yokohama that was mentioned in William S. Burroughs' yeah. Naked yeah. Lunch. Right. So we were. It was an expansion yeah. on our uh, on our. Uh, so it was. So, it was from a book, but it was actually yeah yeah. It was well educated so sex toy. It's it's a strap-on that was mentioned in Naked Lunch. Okay. Okay. Well, right. on so that note, very, so uh, tell uh, your friend to check himself. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. no he, he expanded our, our he didn't con- <laughs> if we're No, not no, right, no. He's definitely one of those friends that needs to check himself every now and then. Oh, it's a very erudite strap-on. I think we'll be Ah, right. erudite. Well, um on that on that note, uh, you were listening to Podcast Rock and Roll to you. And this week we are going to uh, shy away from the erudite for the next 30 minutes or so and discuss Queen's crazy little thing called Love from their 1979 album The Game written by Freddie Mercury and produced by Queen and Reinhold Mack released on Roulette Reinhold Mack sounds like a dildo for sure I've always been a uh, Queen fan. I had uh, their greatest hits when I was literally like four or five. Before another one bites the dust, and uh, yeah, it's just good stuff. It's cool to see a band with uh, so much artistic range and so much ability, then kind of strip it down and still show they can play like fifties kind of Sun Recordsy kind of rock stuff. And of course, they put their Queen twist on it. Freddie's obviously great, great guitar playing, great bass line. Uh, just, it, I just think it's a fun song. Yeah. I heard this growing up a lot. You know, my mom loved Queen. We had the album, probably the greatest hits. I don't remember, but and you know who doesn't at this point after that uh, biopic. This song is super catchy, but it's also super campy. In in my opinion, it's an homage song. Basically, it strikes me as Freddie Mercury taking Elvis's theatrics to like the next yeah. level, like to the extreme. 
it's not my favorite Queen tune, but it is very catchy, and and when you you know it, it sticks with you after you, after you hear it. It's not my favorite either, but it's definitely worth talking about. Um, when I was young and I first found out it was a Queen song, I was super surprised. I was like, really, this is fucking Queen? I mean, I it just sounds kind of old and from you know more of the '50s era. Tons of reverb. I love what they were going for, kind of how they uh, encapsulated that that sound. It paints such a wonderful picture of love. It's all the good parts. He he's in he's having this feeling and. You can almost picture yourself kind of meeting a girl or something and falling in love and feeling like, like, like you're a croon dog or something. Like you can just fucking croon dog. <laughs> well, just feeling like you're snapping your fingers, a thinking it's good times. <laughs> just met this chick, this you, crazy oh, yeah, little thing. Like, yeah, you, he's almost like embodying that feeling, which is kind of cool. It's, well, it's it's the this a West Side Story like theatrical rockabilly. You know, I found out this week is it's their first number one hit. It was yeah. basically a rockabilly homage. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, I mean, you think about all the Queen hits, and you'd be like, what was their first number one? You'd be like, I don't know, uh, We Are the Champions, uh, Fat Bottom Girls, Another One Bites the Dust. Like, nope. Yeah. Crazy it, little thing like all love. Like I said, and it, 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 I always like it when, you know, a, a, a band can have like a song kind of in a particular genre or something where it's like, because it shows that they have the aesthetic sense to write good songs regardless of how they're doing it. But then even within kind of a tried and true vibe, they can still pull it off. Like, it's a shame. It'd been really cool to hear Elvis. Well, when you Spotify the song, the second option is Elvis does have a song called A Thing Called Love. Mm -hmm. uh, when I saw that, I was like, is this an original? Or is this like a take? Yeah. But it has nothing to I do with that song. I saw it, and I was hoping it was an Elvis cover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was. that'd be super cool. But he, especially with this song, and, and with Queen in general, but with, you know, focus on this song, they have the obvious, you know, his songwriting style and his performance style are so, there's such theatrics there. It does fit in with the Elvis thing, but then you, men, you like, meld it with just... Uh, like otherworldly guitar player who comes in and the song for me, the best part of the song are the flourishes he's playing throughout the song. Yeah. The little fills and stuff, the tone. He does the thing that is my favorite thing, especially in country music and blues is when you get the line and then there's just, he just fits in this tasty little lick in throughout this song. Every single one of them is, fucking perfect sounds perfect tone is perfect the licks are perfect the notes are perfect mm -hmm. it's almost like That's, a response to whatever mercury saying response, and right? it brings down the theatrics into that rockabilly rock and roll well the rockabilly stuff is basically the rhythm section but it brings it kind of a more rock country yeah, aesthetic definitely i mean even in, in the video which is hilarious um it's all <laughs> it looks like a play and it, it's very theatrical but anytime it shows Brian May, he's got these kick-ass sunglasses on. And he's just ripping guitar. He's just bringing a little bit His of His sunglasses like, are sublime in that <laughs> yes. video. Well, that's the only thing that saved the video for me. Freddie's basically just doing... I mean, he's doing Freddie, but he's also doing an Elvis, Roy Orbison impersonation, kind of, of his, his own it's way. It's fun. Though. That's why it's cool. Oh, yeah. And Paul McCartney does that kind of stuff He's having time. so much fun with it, and the song is so much fun because of that. And then the, the rhythm section, uh, Roger Taylor and John Deacon, are basically, they sound like they could be in Sun Studios back in the 50s. Like, what they're, especially the bass player, is just, 
so prominent throughout the song and really gives it that rockabilly like legit yeah well it's super legit it sounds like an old classic rockabilly song true but what kind of takes it out and my only real issue it, the the background vocals are a little much at times they're good but they're all over the place I yeah mean, they're everywhere i think that's in the song. where freddie couldn't help himself yeah. <laughs> ready freddie <laughs> when you hear this song okay what do you walk away remembering i i, th- I think just the beginning got to be cool kind of like just the when he first starts singing you really know exactly what you're in for jonathan i don't know if there's any single part because, I mean, there is the beginning intro, those chords. I mean, th- that's the thing I love about Queen is they all have a way to shine. And so many of those harmonies are Roger Taylor. I mean, he's an amazing singer. Like, oh, absolutely. He sounds, I'm just saying, it veers into. It gets a little Disney-ish. A little, like, too much theatrics But it's fun. On. That's just, you know, I think that's, I mean, they're called Queen, right? I mean, it's like, that's the nature of the band, <laughs> yeah. right? But it's not the Stones. I ask that question because the, what I remember from this song always, like, if I hear it, like, in my truck, and then I get out and I'm walking, I'm like, I get ready, ready, ready. That's mm-hmm. what sticks in my head mm-hmm. usually after I hear this song, which is very strange because the catchiest part of the song is the agrees a little thing. Called. Yeah, yeah. I guess I mean as I was listening to it and humming it throughout the day, um, it's definitely the ready Freddy that keeps coming, creeping back in. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking ready, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, and every time they played it afterwards with guest singers, they always kept in. Yeah, the the ready Freddy. You're not gonna go welcome, yeah. Adam. Ready, Adam. <laughs> And then you have the solo, which is also sublime. Again, the flourishes I like a little, like those are my favorite part of the song, but the solo is probably my second favorite part of the song. It's pretty good. It's, it's really good. It's way down on the list as far as Brian May solos for me, though. Like, it's it's cool because he's mimicking a certain style, but it's not. You can tell he's kind of holding back and just he's playing in that lane. But he does. There's it nothing so well. too special about it. I feel like there's a lot of guitar players that would have probably played something very similar. Where most Queen songs, I'm like, wow, I, no one would have thought of that. The thing I do like about it is like it fits specifically to this song. You know, it's not just like a generic yeah, no, solo. No, no, yeah. Well, the producer want, wanted him to play instead of, what is Fender, his guitar called? The Red Special. The, instead of playing his guitar, he wanted him to play a Fender Esquire. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he did. He, he did, but he didn't want to. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even in live shows, he'll play the, the what is that, a Telestrap? A, Telecaster? Telecaster. Uh, Telestrat. Tele- Telestrat. <laughs> uh, tele- it's, a, it's a Telestrat, Les Paul. <laughs> it's a Telestrat, Paul. It's, it's, a, it's a Telestrat, Paul. SG. But he, he, even in live shows, he'll he'll just pick that guitar up to play the solo and then immediately put it down to yeah. do the rest of the song. Get, get this out yeah, of my face. That. It's funny. Well, actually, live, Freddie will play a, a, a telly sometimes too, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Freddie, this is the only song he played guitar on. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Because mm-hmm. he, so the story behind the song is he wrote this, they went to Germany to record this at uh, Giorgio Marauder's uh, Music yeah, Land Studios. and per- pronounced it just right. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he, <laughs> Giorgio Marauder. <laughs> Giorgio Marauder. It's a new fragrance. <laughs> Musicland Studios, and and the guy, what's his name, the producer who did a lot of uh, Queen and and uh, ELO and the band Sparks, uh, Reinhold Mack. 
he, he kind of worked out of that studio. But Freddie was taking, so I, I read three different versions on the internet. No. Taking a bath, taking a bubble bath. Bubble bath. Yeah, I, there was I mean, one that said bubble bath. It has to be bubble bath. He was in a bubble bath at the hotel in <laughs> no. Munich. Gets, like, thinks of the song, gets out. Puts a towel no. on. It makes this guy like write out the the lyrics and get him a guitar, and then he he figures out the melody and he's like, you know, I didn't, I don't, I'm not a prolific guitar player, so I don't know how to play that many chords. So it probably helped with the sim- sim- simplicity of the song that I can only do a, a, a couple things there. Part of the story, just the way the guy worded it, he's like, Freddie emerged from the bathroom in a towel and said, hand me that guitar. <laughs> <laughs> hand me that guitar. Like fist up, yes. you know. He emerged he from emerged. the bathroom. Well, but then, because Brian May wasn't yet in town, because this was the first song they recorded for the album, they, he rushed to the studio and got Taylor and Deacon there and was like, let's put this down now. So because, Brian so can't Brian get, his, can't hands get his hands on it and make it two minutes longer. <laughs> and apparently, uh, Fred, so Freddie played a lot of it and he, it, apparently there's a solo. He, he played the first solo and then it got like the tapes got lost or something. That's wild. I'd love to hear that. So he can't play guitar, but he played the solo? Well, he, he was a wonderful musician. I'm sure him not being able yeah. to play the guitar is, you know, pretty damn good. <laughs> I mean, even the chord changes are for the bridge and solo and stuff. It's cool. Like, if he came up yeah. with that. That's, and who knows? I mean, I don't know. That if might he have after the Yeah, fact. he probably had the DCG. He had a great ear. But, I mean, he had, I mean, it's such a great ear. He clearly, because, I mean, the, the chord, piano yeah. chords he would use. Or it was all in his head. I don't know if he just picked up the guitar right. and banged right. out all those well, chords. Well, no, because they say he played rhythm. They recorded it, they said, in like 30 minutes. Well, the band members say it was 30 minutes. The producer says it was six hours. Right. So, and then May came in later. So that kind of tells me that he did all those chord changes. Right, and they're not crazy chords. They're just a crazy arrangement of chords, really. The bum bum bum, bum bum bum, actually bum 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 bum. I was certainly surprised learning it. How just all the chords, like so many chords. I'm like, whoa, E, A, F, what? Well, maybe the bass player kind of because that's that's very bass heavy. That little part, right? I mean, that's you could definitely the bass player could push push in and be like, hey, let's do this here to get. There's no telling because they're all such harmonically kind of gifted guys that there's no telling like because i mean just the chords that freddie plays on the piano with like some of those songs are just like he's got a crazy ear for harmony and stuff so you know it's possible well let's take a different act so if you when when you're you know going to record this song what do you think if you're doing it kind of a bare bones, can't have the drums pretty much. Maybe, I mean, you probably have to have the bass, right? For the most part. The main thing you have to have, I think, is the rhythm of it. That like, I don't think that can go away. But can you do that with a rhythm guitar and bass? The song, so the trick with something like this is, it's almost like if you add two, like two or three things, you gotta add two or three more things. You almost, I think you can, you get by with just a, a guitar or two, mm-hmm. but if you really have a bass bass, then the drums really need to come in because yeah. otherwise the bass would feel a little empty, I think. Yeah, I feel like if you're just doing a uh, broken down, it should just be acoustic and a, like a reverby electric. You just keep It'd it. It'd be cool like a stand-up bass player or something who could maybe like slap it or something. But, but do you keep in all the... Ooh. 
It depends on how I good you're singing this. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that could be, especially if you are just doing a couple good, you don't need like pentatonics. Like. Yeah. <laughs> well, I watched the uh, performance from Montreal mm. and, you know, they, they do add a very rocking, like yeah. extended another minute and a half, really rocking yeah, ending on it. It's pretty cool. But I didn't know, I don't know if they do this in the actual recording, but when he's singing certain lines, the drummer is is singing certain words like he'll go this thing called love and then the drummer it cries in a cradle on a, which is very unique i i don't know if i've ever heard that kind of i don't even know if you call that harmony or background he's he's involved in the main Responding. sentence yeah but that that is a the lyric right there so it's it's not like it, he's going it's this kind of thing, call response this yeah. thing yeah, but he's like finishing. He's almost finishing or, it's like or complimentary. Yeah, he's participating he's, in this. He's sentence. part of it. <laughs> yeah, which I never, I've never really seen that. And the, and the fact they do that so seamlessly, well, like you said, they're so talented, all of them. And when I was listening to the the extended live version, that's when I hear May. I'm like, ah, oh, there he is, there he is. I, but I, I don't know, May. I hear May throughout no, this song. I mean, I it's, he, it, it's May. I think it's, he makes this song. Yep, uh, of course. Not camp. Of course. He sure does. It's just not my favorite. That's all. Gotta be cool. Really. Get it. Get on my tracks. I think that, I think that's the thing that they're they're just they're really lean, they're intentionally leaning into that campy part because it's just like you know like Zeppelin does with like hot dog or some of those like later like Zeppelin where it's just kind of like like making <laughs> like like the Stones do with. Sweet Virginia, not Sweet Virginia, but um, the girl with faraway eyes and dead yeah. flowers. Like it's just, they're kind of getting. To, it's almost like they're playing cowboy or something. They're almost like yeah. dressing up, just for the fun of it. Yeah, and and Queen's theatrical. Yeah. Anyway, so any kind of and it's almost like a perfect version of that into. kind of song. It's it's like they perfected the rockabilly, like yeah. sugar coated, like polished version. And they can be silly and goofing off and it still be really good. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're extremely silly in that video. If, if you haven't seen that, you need to, to watch. Oh my God. The, don't watch. It, it's don't basically watch. like grease lightning times a thousand. Um, <laughs> but, but it, then again, it's queen. So it's kind of cool. Well, the hands coming out of the floor freaked me out. That's when I turned it off. <laughs> Well, this is right around, you know what it reminded me of a little bit? Just the production value is the Betty Davis Eyes video. Not exactly, but you could just tell they're from like 79, 80, 81. There was a lot of snooting and, and snorting going on. <laughs> a lot of snorting going on. <laughs> a lot of schneef uh, happening in there. Let's go back to the lyric for just a second. Jonathan, If there, what line sticks out to you in this song? I like the little like instructional parts. You gotta be cool. Realize. Because <laughs> like, it's like it's like it's almost like an older brother or something trying to be like, yeah, man, just be cool. It's like I know it's exciting, but just be cool, like you know. <laughs> so it's kind of fun that way. Neil, what you got? Well, I think anytime you can actually put rock and roll into a rock and roll song and it works <laughs> is a win. So just the. Uh, there goes my baby. She knows how to rock and roll. It's just, it's so like, perp, like that's where it like peaks. The one thing I love about Freddie Mercury, it, it's similar to Ray Charles when we were talking about um, him a, a, a couple of months ago or whatever. It, when you when you sing one of his songs, like you, you move like him. And especially like this song, it's it's so ridiculous because you're like, she leave me in a cool, cool sweat. Dun, dun, dun. You're like, your shoulders are just moving. You want to snap and just be like, 
gotta be cool. <laughs> and just like start hit thrusting a little bit. It's fun. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I, the, my favorite line is, and especially when he's like, in, in the video, it's great when he goes, uh, <laughs> take a long ride on my motorbike, get ready. <laughs> and he's just on a motorcycle. Yeah, they pull a motorcycle on stage. <laughs> a crazy little thing called love. I mean, it's, it, but I do that the, the, the visual of take a back seat and hitchhike like you're just kind of along for the ride in this relationship is very it's a very it's a very nice picture like great songwriting yeah it's fun there's still commitment there right like they're not even with all the silliness it's not lazy oh no that's what's really cool about it like no. they're so it's such a like you said an homage to all this you know the stuff and actually you know in one of the concerts i've seen of them they bust into tutti fruity in the middle of it and they start out acoustic and then they go electric in the middle of it it's hmm. sick. And, like, in the middle of this song? No, in the middle of Trudy Fruity. And then, oh, then they wow. go, then they do the song afterwards. It's cool. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. It's very cool. So yeah. they, 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 know, they know their roots. They're, uh, oh, absolutely. They're, um, I saw where, I've seen it. I'd seen an interview with uh, Freddie Mercury, and he said that like he and Roger Taylor, the drummer, he's like, they would go see Hendrix every chance they got in England. He was like, we'd seen him so many times, we just worshipped him. It's so <laughs> cool to think about those guys like riding around. Because I mean, England's so small compared to the States. You know, you can literally drive to different places all over and and check it out so yeah and so it's just cool that and because they were just you know they were kind of that second generation yeah after the beatles and all that stuff this song was uh it overtook captain and tennille a captain and tennille song at number one and then pink floyd's another brick in the wall part two Mm -hmm. knocked him out Mm -hmm. of number one after four weeks that's That's a a worthy song to knock you out yeah yeah Yeah. you go you go c and t Little C and T into Queen. It's, it's the natural progression in, into Floyd. Yeah, it's a natural progression of things 19. are getting better and better here. <laughs> um, you know what things are getting? They're 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 starting to vibe, mm. and and I think that brings us to the vibe time section of this podcast. So uh, we should cue the music in three, two, one. Mm. It's so dark in here. It's like a three-quarter vibe we're, time. We, we've been vibing for hours. Uh, Jonathan, it's your tune. When do you want to hear this song? Um, when I'm in a motorcycle dealership. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. When I'm, when I'm trying on leather jackets. <laughs> when I'm practicing my snaps. When I'm in an S and M bar in, in friggin' Berlin. Berlin, Munich. Then no, when I'm on a bubble bath in Munich. <laughs> Neil, Neil, when do, other than a bubble bath in, in Munich, when? Well, I mean, just to play with the theatrics, like it's definitely it's a dancing song. Whether you're at a wedding or you're, if you're, you know, dancing with your lady, put her on the jukebox or oh, dancing with your lady. Okay, yeah, yeah. crazy little thing. Yeah, not, it's, I'm not gonna solo dance to it. <laughs> you're gonna, gonna, I'm, I'm trying to spin, cool. spinner. Uh-uh. Relax. Uh-uh. You're gonna have your white T-shirt ripped open like in the video, and then just do a couple like jazz hands and then spin. <laughs> when uh, I need to just get some moves out, just just <laughs> just clear my head. When you need to flash dance, you're gonna put this on. Um, uh, <laughs> when he's getting sprayed with a hose. <laughs> when he's throwing his hair back in a chair uh, in silhouette every morning. Uh, <laughs> I always think of I always think of Tommy Tommy Boy. <laughs> And so instead of Maniac, you just put on this song. When Rob Lowe's spraying off Chris Farley. No, or is it Rob? Or is it? Yeah, yeah it is. He's just like, 
Yeah. <laughs> He's just holding the hose. And Chris <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. I, you know what? This song, I'm going to take one from you, John. At a bar, like a dive bar, honky-tonk, having a beer, having a smoke. You know, just it's a fun one. It's it's yeah. a it's a it's a song to hear in a bar and and then snap with your non-smoking Snaps. hand, mm-hmm. and then was stare it? at somebody across the table and just keep snapping until they're like stop. Until I'm like Josh, stop. <laughs> Speaking of me stopping, why don't we uh, slide under the influence for a minute and talk about the influences? Um, we've already touched on a few, but Jonathan, give it a go. Clearly Elvis, but you could argue the Beatles too, and the way they, because the way like the Beatles did, like you know, I've just seen a face in some of these <clears> tunes where they they're kind of pulling from a, from a, a kind of a, they're again a tried and true kind of genre, but they're kind of doing their own thing with it. So this to me, this seems like an extension of, I've just seen a face, you know. So Beatles, a song. And then in terms of what it led to, I mean, I don't know if I could say it led to the Stray Cats, but the Stray Cats definitely somehow out of nowhere mm-hmm. came brought I mean everyone's listening to Flock of Seagulls and all this yeah. shit and, like, and then suddenly like they're playing the most hardcore rockabilly you can that you can imagine and probably I bet they probably sold more rec- rockabilly records than anybody ever had like I'd, I'd be maybe like, yeah like, that, that's what came to mind when I heard this song I was like did that this come out before or after that were they like riding that wave or did that no, wave I think they come were just after? doing their thing but uh he said that this was an homage to Elvis and Sir Cliff Richard, who we've mentioned in really? another we've episode. Him? I was yes. going to ask, who is this? No, no, Sir no, no. It's a, it's a, he's a British like, like rockabilly guy from like the fifties. Yeah, and I can't remember. Said he was big in like the scene before the Beatles in like. Yeah, he, I can't remember what which one we did. It may did have he been that Rock Island Line. Did he do a cover of that? Oh, I have no idea. Okay, I, I did not dive into Sir Cliff Richards. <laughs> Uh, discography <laughs> this week but i you know no, i, heard the name I didn't I have like, time to listen i've heard this before i mean you know there's roy orbison's air sun records the theater greece west side story yeah, i feel too. like it gives me like west side story is going a little too far it, i mean i mean snaps the snaps and the leather and the, I mean, other people the have love. snapped <clears throat> but it's it's the way uh, yeah, I mean, I would say also Brian Setzer, who did a cover of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's a, a little band that we uh, were a part of called For the Kings. I would say Lion Eyes, a song that we have. That's on Spotify. Oh, wow. It has wow. a little... Has Dropping a, some FTK. I know. I, I, I heard this song, and I was just like, Jesus, was I thinking about this when <laughs> when we wrote uh, Lion Eyes? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give us a shout-out. And, uh, you know, Dwight Oakham. Yeah, I mean, you guys mentioned it all. I'll, I'll just mention some songs that reminds me of... Uh, Definitely fever. Oh, yeah. Are you talking about she gives me fever? Yeah, <laughs> just because the snap. That's a very topical song these days. Yeah, well, I, I was, certainly. I was like, not the Bowie. No, uh, no, you got it, you yeah. got it right. Um, and then one from a while back, but and it has like this some of the same words in the title, but that um, I believe in a thing called love. The oh darkness. my God, the darkness. <laughs> just listen to the rhythm of my heart. I believe heart. in a thing called. Uh, <laughs> that was actually a fun song. Oh yeah, no, I put it on today and I let it rock. Well, I was it, like, all right. it kind of came out of nowhere and had nothing to do with anything in the music scene at the time, so it was impressive in that way. <laughs> right. Well, like you said, you know, they, they can pull it off. That they're 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 good enough. Yeah. To make it work. Well, let's. Speaking of the darkness, why don't we crawl, try to find another light switch? Crawl under the dark covers. <laughs> why don't we crawl under the covers and snuggle up? Uh, and talk about the covers of the song, Jonathan. How many covers did you listen to? Mm, Keep it I short. hate to disappoint. So none. 
<laughs> Neil, what have you got? Um, well, I listen to the Buble. I can uh-huh. say it's not my thing, but uh, he can sing. You don't like I don't think that's news. jazz cheese? It was pretty good. I mean, for what it is, it's just not my thing. Yoakum, Talk about snaps. Yoakum the Yodeler. I, I enjoy the Yoakum other than the no, solo No, but it's sucks. so much yodeling. It's so much like the he, way he's singing. It, that's Dwight Yoakum, though. And, I, and well, the, he does that every song? But the, I mean, a lot oh, of them, yeah. That's what he sounds yeah. like. Okay. But like his band sounds great. The solo, though, is was disappointing. I didn't get that far. <laughs> um, uh, and then um, my favorite was this super cheesy album called Acoustic Heartstrings. Oh, my God. Um, so it was just an acoustic arrangement. Did you listen to that at night before bed? No, but I finished that version. <laughs> it was funny. Um, no, seriously, it was. It, it's just one of those like really well-done, polished songs. almost sounds like... Um, Who's that old? Uh, yeah, it sounds like Jerry Douglas. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha. But and you know how that stuff can sound super sugary, but amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's such a great sound. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was. I, I respected it. Okay, so you got Buble, Heartstrings, Yoakum, and well, I Brian Setzer Orchestra did one where it's very acapella-ish. Acapella, not acapello. Acapellesque. Uh, acapellesque, um, and it's. Mm, the solo is good, but they, there's so much acapella in it that I, I didn't really like it. And then there's another one by Scary Pockets, who make another appearance on here with Casey Abram. It's very jammy and a hard pass. Like the solo is like a keyboard jam, Ooh. like a Ooh. keys jam. Ooh, guitar. Sometimes yeah. the point is missed. <laughs> and then just if you live in Montreal, the whole show is amazing to watch you can yeah. find it on youtube but th- this song is is really good the version they do yeah it's funny one time i was at a bar out here and dwight yokum was actually there and there's a song i wrote that i think he'd really sound good singing so i was like fuck it let's talk to him <laughs> and i walked up and i was like hey man and i actually met him once before walking down robertson at rent i was like dude like you know love your stuff fantastic whatever and so I ran into him. I thought about being like, hey, man, we met at Robertson. <laughs> I didn't say that. Yeah, you remember me? I was at <laughs> Robertson. I told you you I did was, a good job. <laughs> right. No, anyway, and so I was like, hey, say, man, so I have a song you had. Would you be, how would I, would you be interested in whatever? And he was like, and I knew it was, I really just wanted to shoot this shit with him. And he was like, he's like, very cool of you. But he's like, honestly, I can't accept st- stuff like that. I was like, he's like, just legally. And I'm like, I was like, that makes sense. You know, I could see where that could create problems. You know, um, I was like, but actually a guy in your band may produce it. Cause I know a guy who plays with him and he was like, who's the guy in my band? And I was like, I'm not going to tell you cause I don't want to get him in trouble. <laughs> I'm like, you can't buy your whole band cause some idiot approached you in a bar. <laughs> and he thought that was pretty good. He laughed pretty good. And he actually gave me some contact info to send it in. I was like, fuck it. I'll record it. Nice man. That's, that's, a, that's cool. a good story. It well, was fun though. It was fun to make him get him, give him a genuine laugh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, speaking of genuine laughs, why don't we <laughs> why don't we talk about uh, shoes and how they fit uh, with this song in particular, Jonathan Horton? What do you think? This definitely fits like a pair of cowboy boots you want to dance in. Yeah, yeah, I like that, Neil. Um, for some reason, I just picture a like those checkered vans. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> what? You know what I mean? It just it's, it's the kinda... black and white tile. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like... yeah. Would it's you? Like, I thought the, that shop. chicks only wore those. No, 
Not really. No. I think no. they're unisex. Uh, I'm gonna go similar to you, Jonathan. I want a dirty boot with some flair. Dirty D- boot. That's, with that's, flair. that's what you're gonna say to the guy. <laughs> and on that note, uh, <laughs> our cover of Queen's "Crazy Little Thing" called "Love." This thing called love, I just can't handle it. This thing called love, I must get round to it. I ain't ready. Crazy little thing called love. Well, this thing called love, it cries in a cradle all night. It swings and it jives, shakes all over like a dead fish, kinda like it. Crazy little thing called love. There goes my baby. She knows how to rock and roll. She drives me crazy. She gave me hot and cold fever. She leave me in a cold, cold sweat. I've gotta be cool and relax. Get hip, get on my tracks and take a backseat, hitchhike, take a long ride on a motorbike and ready. Crazy little thing called love. Get hit, I get on my track and take a backseat and hitchhike. Take a long ride on my motorbike and get ready for a crazy little thing called love. 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 Crazy little thing Crazy little thing All right, the cover you just heard was performed by Jonathan Horton. Thanks for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, or wherever you listen. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Pod Gave Rock. Next week is Neil's week. So, Neil, what are we talking about? We're going to be talking about Little Black Submarines by the Black Keys. Can't wait! <laughs>